0: Thanks for listening to the podcast from Jonathan Combs and the preaching team at Eastgate Church in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Check us out on the web at eastgate.church for more. And now, here's the sermon. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Eastgate U-Haul. <laughs> I almost couldn't find y'all this morning because you only got like one U-Haul truck out there. I'm so used to having like to park way over there because there's 8,000 U-Hauls out there. So I'm, uh, I didn't have to walk quite as far today. Um, I always love being here with y'all, I I always tell you that every time I'm here, but it's because I always love being here with y'all, so I'm I'm just so appreciative of you, and I'm I'm so appreciative um, that the last 15 minutes, however long it's been, that I I just got to listen to you worship, charged me up and got me excited, and so I'm just, I'm so glad to be in a place where y'all are as excited about God as I am, and and that I can feed off of that energy, and I appreciate you so much. Um, Poor Michael is running double duty on the tech back there, so he's got to run the camera and the Bible verse slides, so good luck with that. He's now currently standing at the camera, so I'm going to make him go back over to the computer. (laughs) We're continuing this morning. By the way, if this is your first time here, I don't think I see any first-time people, but maybe maybe I missed somebody. If you're first time here, I'm not the normal pastor here. Pastor Jonathan is on vacation with his family. I'm always glad to jump in to give him an opportunity to have vacation with his family. I always can't stress enough how important it is, y'all, be with your family. Don't let your careers take over your life. Remember why you're working. You're working to to support your family and to protect your family and love them, but don't let your work replace your family. Take time with them. And so I'm always glad to jump in. I'm Adam, if you need a a name with the face, if you don't know who I am. Um, If you don't like uh, the way I preach, come back next week. Pastor Jonathan will be back. He, actually, he kind of preaches a little similar to me, too. So Normally, I can say Pastor Gary will be back, and it'll be a different thing. But Finney brings the same kind of chaos that I bring. So we're, uh, we're in the third week of a, of a sermon series where we're moving from brokenness to blessing. We're moving through the Beatitudes. And I, I, I texted uh, Finney, uh, Pastor Jonathan, when I found out I was up this week. And I said, if I'm doing my math right, that means I get blessed are the meek? And he was like, yeah. And so I pulled up a quick definition of it, and Webster defined it as something like, um, what was it? It was like quiet, uh, uh, there there were three of them. It was like quiet, unassuming, and and willing to be controlled or something like that. I was like, does that exactly sound like me, Finney, Jonathan? And uh, so so we got into the, the biblical definition of it which is a very different definition than that. And so I want to um, submit to you that our idea of meek in American culture is wrong. It's, it's inaccurate. It's not what meek actually is. And so first and foremost, let's go to Matthew 5.5. 5, There's the third beatitude. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Here's what, a a different way to say it. Blessed are those who are gentle. They will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are gentle. They will inherit the earth. I think I have some threads of gentleness. I don't know if anybody like listed their top 10 adjectives to describe me. Gentle would be in there. But I, I can start to feel it a little bit more. But let's go to the actual biblical definition of what meek is. First of all, meek, meekness is not weakness. That's where American culture gets it wrong. This idea of, of submission means you're not strong enough to overcome. That's inaccurate. Meekness is strength under control. You can have incredible strength and choose not to use it. In fact, only if you have incredible strength can you choose not to use it. Submission to God is meekness. To understand that as strong as I think I am, God's stronger. He's bigger. He's the one that should be in control. So that's the thing about meekness. It's not a negative adjective. It's an incredibly positive adjective. Here's the thing I know about all of y'all, is that none of you at Eastgate Rocky out would probably describe yourself as meek. There's a lot of, like, Rosie the Riveters in this place. There's a lot of strong... Y'all, y'all are some country men. Country dudes are a different breed of strong. None of you are like, I'm meek. Because you probably think of it from cultural meekness, this idea of not strong enough to overcome. But that's not what meekness is. I can prove it. You ready? Matthew 11:29. Come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden, And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. The single most powerful entity that has ever walked the face of the planet describes himself as meek. The one who got crucified chose to be crucified. Do you not think that if he had chosen, the army of heaven would have descended? And do you think if the army of heaven descends to protect the Son of God, that we, with all of our bombs and all of our guns and all of our big old muscles, would stand a chance? That would be the fastest war in the history of humankind, and it would be the last war in the history of humankind. And yet, all that power, Jesus, the Son of God, describes himself as meek. Meek is not a negative adjective. It's an incredibly positive adjective, and I can prove it prove it. I can also prove it, apparently. The meek shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. So where are you coming from today? Are you coming in? Are you an I got this person? I got this. I can handle this. I'll get this stuff situated. I'll get it right. I'll get over my addiction. I'll get over my whatever it is. I can fix my job. I can handle it. If you could, you would have. You wouldn't have chosen to still be where you are. And if you are where you are, And you don't want to be there. That's evidence. You can't. And that's a scary, hopeless place until you realize that you're not alone. You don't have to be strong enough. You don't have to got this. You're not supposed to got this. But God's got this. Some of us are too prideful to admit that we need help. That was week one of this Blessed are the poor in spirit. Get out of your own way. You don't got this, and that's okay. That's good to acknowledge you don't got this. But it's scary. It's helpless. Some of us are too ashamed to ask God for help. That was last week. Blessed are those who mourn. Bring themselves low. God, I don't got this. And some of us are afraid to give up control. But check it out. That's what meekness is. It's acknowledging that I could fight, but I don't have to. God's fighting for me. Amen? We're going to Psalm 37, if you want to get there in your biblical devices. This is a psalm by David. David's instructing the people of God, to live meekly and to experience the blessing of God. We get to give our lives over to God, meekly, and we can experience the blessing of God. How do we do that? Let's check it out. Psalm 37, 1 through 11, somehow my page got flipped but it was only one page, so I recovered. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. I like the way that. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We'll come back to that one. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourself over the ones who prosper, over the one who prospers in His way, His being the person, not in God's. Over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It, t- it tends only to evil, for the evil-doers shall be cut off. And those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the earth. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. God bless the reading of his word. Amen. So we got a good bit to get through as I'm looking through that. We got four ways to surrender our control, to live in meekness. Under God and to experience His blessing. That's right, I said four. Y'all gonna be here forever. I'm already out of time. I hadn't even started yet. I was told that the memory card on the video thing has two hours and 48 minutes. So get ready, y'all. I don't have that kind of focus. Two hours, 48 minutes. That's chaos. How to surrender your control and experience God's blessing. The first way, trust in the Lord as your true source. Trust in the Lord as your true source. One of the things that I notice when I read this is that fret not happens multiple times. Anytime fret not happens, anytime something happens multiple times is important. So let's check it out. Fret not is basically don't be worried or upset about it. Just, just chill. Don't, don't, don't be anxious about it. Just let it go. Just let it be. It, it, it is what it is. It's just fret not. Chill out. Yeah, it may not be great. Yeah, what's happening might not be good. But that's okay. You're not supposed to fix it. Does that make sense? If we could have fixed it, we would have. I feel like we can kind of all agree that our, our culture right now in America is not great. If we could fix it, we would. But just because it's not, that doesn't mean to, to do that thing. Also, don't be envious. It says, do not be envious. Don't want what the other person has. Don't want Steve Jobs' money or Bill Gates' money. Just because they got it, man, they must be living it up. Because you have no idea what's in their heart. Don't make that trade. It's not a good trade to give your heart away for money. It's a bad trade. It seems like a good trade at the time. It is not. God will provide for you. If we meekly come under him, God will bless us in different ways. So don't want what those that don't follow God have because it looks cool, because speedboats are dope, or whatever. Because maybe that's all they got. And being said, if you can have Christ and a speedboat, more power to you. 2 Corinthians 1.3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of our comfort. He is the source of all comfort. He's the source. Comfort comes from him. If you feel anxious, potentially it's because your source is maybe pulling off of your experience. Or your source is maybe pulling off of your background, your history. And maybe that's shaky. Or your source is pulling out of your own intellect. And you don't trust yourself because you know you're like me. You're a wackadoo. You don't get things right all the time. And so it's only a matter of time before it spirals out of your control. And that maybe makes you anxious. It's not going to spiral out of God's control. He's the source of our comfort. Philippians 4.19 And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Jesus Christ. God promises. He provides everything we need. God can't lie. It's impossible. The instant God says something, it just is. It just is. Even if it wasn't before, there wasn't a universe, and God said, hey, there's a universe, and then there was a universe. Just like that. That's the kind of God we're talking about. That's the kind of power we're talking about. That kind of God not only won't go back on his word, can't go back on his word, because the instant he gives you a promise, it is true. That's cool, right? That God can't fail. Worry leads to addiction. Addiction. We're talking a lot about Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is an incredible program. It's not just for addiction, but it's also for addiction. But it's also for worry, the trigger to addiction. Maybe you haven't gotten that far down the road, but that that idea, that anxiousness, it's real easy to numb that with pills. It's real easy. But the pills don't get rid of that anxiousness. They don't get rid of that worry. They just make it so you don't feel it so much. However, God is the source of all comfort. Take a second and just take inventory of your source, the way you go through life. What is it you rely on when, when, it's, when it's all down, when the whole thing falls down, when the whole world's a mess? Like, what is your first impulse? That's your source. Just be honest with yourself. It might be your parents. It might be your background. But the problem is, if we have a source that's not God first, that source is also not anchored. Does that make sense? So my parents are dope, but they're also people. So my source of comfort is God. That doesn't mean that I can't call him up for advice. We are given family and friends and loved ones to, to lean on. But when I'm trying to figure out what's right and wrong, I go to the source. Because if the person I talk to isn't also coming from the source, they could steer me wrong. So understand, trust that God is the true source. Amen? Number two, delight in the Lord as your deepest desire. Delight in the Lord as your deepest desire. That's verse four. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Let's talk about this one for a second, because this one gets pulled out. I like to try to address the ones that I hear get pulled out a lot. (sighs) Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. What that does not mean, in case you haven't figured this out yet, is anything you pray for, you get. That's not a thing. If anything you prayed for, you got, that would mathematically put you above God, with God being your servant. Because you ask for a thing, God must give it to you. That's the world's interpretation of this, which is wrong. It's upside down. So how is this true then? Because it says right here, clearly, he will give you the desires of your heart. So that must make the Bible false then, right? So we can all go home, right? Here's the problem, is that to do that, you have to completely chop off the whole beginning part of the thought. Delight yourself in the Lord. Go after what God wants. You'll get it. That doesn't necessarily line up with what you want. Sometimes it does. But if you chase what God is after, you will get what you're after. You will get what you chase. Does that make sense? That's that whole sentence. That's that whole thought. So if you've ever heard somebody say, just pray for it. It'll happen. It says it right there in the Bible or the Bible's fake. They're wrong. They've misunderstood. Psalm 16, 5. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. Father God, I just want you. Everything I chase is just you. Financial success is cool. Fame is fine. I would hate fame, by the way. Father God, please don't ever make me famous. You know I'd be a mess. That speedboat is cool. But Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. None of that other stuff is the blessing. Delight in the Lord as your deepest desire. God, I just want you. All the rest of it's fine. I appreciate my house and my air conditioner, but I just want you. And if I have to choose one or the other, I choose you. Acts 13, 22. God raised up David to be their king of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will, who will do all my will. David, that guy, David, he's mine. He'll do anything I ask him to do. Let's zoom out a second. If you're feeling like, well, oh, yeah, but I'm not King David. I'm just little old me. I'm not one of the, the single most influential people in the Bible, in the Judeo-Christian religion. I'm not that guy. I'm just me. I'm just accountant guy, teacher lady, or whatever it is. By the way, teacher lady, that is not a small feat. Teachers, y'all. Come on. <laughs> Let's zoom out, though, for a second. And take a look at this awesome King David, who is a man after God's own heart, who may or may not have sent a guy off to be killed to cover up the fact that he had an affair with his wife. Maybe. David's not perfect. In fact, David is deeply, deeply flawed. But David always goes straight back to God. and It's like, God, I messed up. He's deeply anchored in his faith. He knows God through and through, and all he wants is God. He certainly messes up. You're allowed to mess up. You're going to mess up. Some of you youngins, you're right there. You'll figure out that you're going to mess up if you had not figured it out already. Some of you oldens I'm not pointing to anybody, and I'm not looking at anybody, (laughs) have already figured out that you're going to mess up. And it's probably not news to you. You're going to mess up again. And that's okay. Because David messed up plenty. And he's described as a man after God's own heart. When you mess up, God's still standing there waiting for you to come back. God, I messed up again. I know, buddy. I know. Kylie messes up sometimes. I'm going to point her out. She's right there. She's right there. That's the one that messes up sometimes. Sometimes I ask her to do something, and she inherited her mom's attention span. Not mine, totally. Not mine. And so sometimes I'll... (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, I've I've killed her mom. Her mom is now dying. Um, So sometimes I'll ask her to do something, and she'll get about halfway to where she's supposed to be doing something and see something shiny, and then she'll like spend 20 minutes playing with that thing. That's totally not what I do. (laughs) These are jokes, God. I'm not lying, per se. They understand it's a joke. (laughs) But it's okay. I mean, it happens. It happens to me all the time. And so whenever it happens, I'm just like, boom, you know, I kind of ask you to do this thing. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And she goes and does it. She's a good kid. I love her with all my heart. God loves you with all his heart. And when you see something shiny and end up in the completely wrong room playing with something that you were not asked to go do, you can always turn back to God and go, sorry, 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 sorry. I'll go do it now. And God, it kind of makes his heart happy. Does that make sense? So, what does that point to? When you can do that, it points to that thing you're trying to do is not the end goal of the blessing. You might have success in it. That's not a reward of your faith, by the way. Just because you got that raise or got that job, it wasn't because you did a a good job. God did will you to have that job. That's cool. But if you don't get it, the flip side of that is it's not because you did a bad job. I mean, unless you did a bad job at the actual job, but that's a different thing. As a follower of God, the blessing is check it out. Fast forward through all those tiny little blessings that you care about right now. You stand at the feet of God, and He says, Well done, good, and faithful servant. I got a mansion for you. Or in my case, an apartment. (laughs) God's is the blessing. Does that make sense? Third way. Commit to the Lord your life's path. Commit to the Lord your life's path. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Let's take a step back on this one because, again, this one gets misused a little bit. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. What that doesn't necessarily look like is the result that you were hoping for. He will move. He will do things. He will shape the world around you, but sometimes that doesn't look like a raise. God, I'm doing everything you're asking me to do. Why am I still struggling with fill in the blank? Because it's not a reward system. This is how I know Christianity is true, the true religion. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you all before, but if I have, I'll share it again. Because every other religion is based in what you do. Every other religion is is such a human way of thinking of if I do good, then God will be happy with me. If I do good, God will reward me. And if I do good enough, God will let me live with him. Here's the thing, God demands perfection. God is perfect. God can't deal with imperfection. It's not allowed around him. So as good as we ever think we're going to do, not going to be perfect. We can all agree to that. Anybody here want to be brave and say they're perfect? Go ahead and raise your hand. Nobody here. Nobody? Really? Out of all these people, nobody is perfect? If we zoom out through the history of humanity, you're going to find one dude that can raise his hand. And that is because God himself came and walked with us as a man to show it can be done, we just don't do it. And then All praise to God said, let me trade you my perfection for your imperfection. So the Christian religion is the only religion that God does all the work and that God says, I got this gift for you. And ultimately, the only thing left is for us to say, I do want that or no thank you. That's it. So, When we're talking about your acting, the things you do done in the name of God are a good thing. But just because you walk with God doesn't mean you get everything you wanted, right? Proverbs 16, 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. That's the part we mess up. I'm walking with you, God. I'm carrying my Bible everywhere that I go. Why am I not getting the rewards I'm after? He will establish your plan. It's the same thing we were talking about a second ago. You got to remember that first part. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. And he'll guide you. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the written word. If you're ever not sure if what you're doing is in the will of God... Great news, he wrote it down. Another reason why Christianity is a superior religion, because God actually loved us enough to write instructions for us to help us understand what we're supposed to be doing and not do, to help us to understand how it works. So if you are a person, or if you interact with a person, who kind of is that, like, that weird ethereal God thing that we've made up in America, where it's like, well, I believe in God, but I don't believe in a God that would ever fill in the blank. Well, where are you getting that from? Well, you know, you, I, I believe in God, but I believe, God, you know, if you do, if, I'm a good person. Okay, where are you getting that from? Well, you know, I, I just, I just kind of know. Well, okay, well then a person that doesn't necessarily know, where would, how would they know? Well, here's the thing, is that if God loves you enough, he'll let you know. He'll make it clear. He won't leave it up to you to decide. He understands we need guidelines. We need to know how, and we need to know when we fall off the path, and we need to know how to get back to the path. And so, a loving God would make it plain. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, He will establish your plans. That's scary, but it's rewarding. Philippians 2, do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. That one's the tough part, right? God, I know what I'm supposed to do, but it's just hard. I'm just tired. I, I don't want to move out of my house and travel halfway around the world to live for a long time. I like air conditioning. And the Sahara Desert is really hot, God. But I'll go. That's the hard part. Do all things without grumbling and complaining that you may be blameless and innocent without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Why is that important? Because you shall shine like a light in the world. Because God needs you in a crooked and twisted generation. God specifically, as broken as our culture is right now, and maybe you don't see it, maybe I'm I'm the only one that feels this way, but we're a mess, and we wish we could fix it, and we try to fix it, and we legislate as much as we can to fix it, and we, do, we, we pray for it to fix it, and we, tr- we try to be good people, and we try to, but God, we're a mess. Check it out. You're put here on purpose. To be a light in the darkness. To be that voice of God in a broken world. God has a plan for you. And that plan is to reflect his light into the darkness, whatever that looks like for you. It's the same for all of us, and it's unique to each of us. In Celebrate Recovery, if you go, they'll they'll start with something like, hello, my name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with whatever that thing is. First and foremost... They are a believer of Jesus Christ. And also, they happen to struggle with anxiety, depression, anger issues, addiction, uh, abuse history, PTSD, whatever it is they're struggling with. It's a big gamut of stuff. But first and foremost, my name's Adam, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And I struggle with, your name is, insert your name here. You're a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, first and foremost. And if you can't say that part, I got some incredible news for you. It'll change your life once you can say that part. Because if you take that part out, then first and foremost, my name is, insert your name, and I struggle with insert your struggle. If you remove the grateful believer in Jesus Christ from that sentence, you are only your struggle first and foremost, which is a scary way to live and maybe that's how you feel. If you are a believer in Christ, if you are a believer in God, a follower of God, and you feel like you are your struggle, then take that time to say that prayer. God, I love you. I'm a follower of you and I'm struggling with this thing because that thing is not who you are. You are a child of God, make no mistake. You are a follower of the most incredibly powerful being you can possibly imagine times infinity, infinity, infinity. Commit to the Lord's path. You can think about it like everybody follows GPS's. Nobody can read a map anymore. I don't know, y'all some country people, so y'all can probably still read maps. But but the GPS will, will take you where you gotta go. It's a really cool tool till it's not. I had, a, I had a, a GPS once just made me take four right turns a whole bunch of times. I was like, this I don't think this is it. Like, eight right turns doesn't seem right. That seems like a circle. Or if you've ever done a thing where you look down at the GPS and it's just like, I don't know where you are, bro. Like it's just like a big blank space. It's like, dude, dude, you're in the woods. Head northwest to the route. Dude, I'm not a boy scout. I don't know where northwest is. But we follow the GPS, man. We'll follow it right off a cliff. God doesn't get confused. God doesn't run you in circles, unless you need to be running in circles for a little bit to tie you out. God doesn't ever lose track of where you are. There's no big blank space on God's map. And God's never going to give you a direction this dumb like go northwest unless he also gives you a compass or made you a Boy Scout. Also like half of you are like, I mean, you can use the sun to figure out where northwest is. Shut up. (laughs) That's not the point. Commit to the Lord your life's path. Make God's path your path. Make God's plan your plan. Whatever God's plan is, go with it. And you'll find the blessing you're after. The fourth way, rest in the Lord for abundant joy and peace. Rest in the Lord for abundant joy and peace. Anybody here want abundant joy and peace? Anybody here really only want abundant joy and peace? That's really all you're after. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the, ones who, over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. Know that in the end, what's waiting for you is abundant joy and peace. All that you can take all that you can carry, all that you desire. Matthew 11, 29. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Anybody here tired? Mm. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest Unto your souls. Meekness. Take my yoke of meekness. It's easier to carry than your yoke of strength. Than your yoke of perseverance. Trade me your hard work for my meekness. And the blessing at the end of the road is abundant joy and peace. We all want peace. I have incredible news. You get it. You get it. God made a way to get you there. You still got a road to walk, y'all, but you get it. One other thing I notice about these verses is the the fret knots. And the, and the do not be angries. Don't be jealous of what other people have. Don't be angry that a person is succeeding in business and they put your little bookstore out of business by putting up a big Barnes & Noble or whatever. Don't be angry because other people succeed. God, I'm, I'm a good follower. I pray and I go to church and I go to a community group. If you're not in a community group, go to a community group so you can say that part too. And then... By the way, you should go to community group. It's, it's an incredible experience. We, we can talk about it after. because I just hit the negative numbers up on my little timer up there. So. Don't be angry. Anger, surprise, leads to addiction. If you're angry, maybe the way you were brought up wasn't great. Maybe you didn't have the best parents. And instead of giving that away, you hold on to it. It'll burn you up. Maybe you hate your boss. They're a crazy person. And you're angry at them because they make your life hard. Or maybe you're a teacher, and the system is so weird, and you're angry at it, it'll eat you up. And sadly, eventually, you'll find comfort somewhere. It'll be medicine. It'll be a bottle. It'll be food. It'll be video games. You'll find something to numb it. Get away from that. Find abundant joy and peace in God. It's kind of a tropey thing that we do in church where we're like, well, just give it to God. Right, That's kind of a thing that you probably roll your eyes when I, when I say that kind of thing. If you don't have somebody to walk in God with, it sounds tropey. It does sound like, well, I, I keep praying it to God and, and it keeps coming back around. It's going to keep coming back around. But if you have godly people in your life that will support you, then they can help carry that burden for you. Again, I'll plug community group. Look around. People here will help you. They'll carry it with you. Celebrate recovery if you're dealing with something. A hurt, a habit, a hang-up. There's a group there that'll help you. We've gone through three of their principles so far. The principles are based on the Beatitudes. They apply to your life, whether you're in Celebrate Recovery or not. R, realize I'm not God. I admit I'm powerless to control my tendencies to do the wrong thing, and my life is unmanageable. That's a terrifying place, but it's also the beginning of a prayer of repentance. Father God, I'm a sinner. I mess everything up. I can't stop messing stuff up. Earnestly believe that God exists. I believe that I matter to him and that he alone has the power to help me recover. If you could fix it, you would have. Go to God with it. Stop beating yourself up over it. Let God carry it with you. Consciously choose to commit I commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. That sounds like a very familiar prayer. And it's one that every single person needs. If you don't have God, and you want that peace, that joy, I have incredible news. It's available to you right now, whoever you are, wherever you are, even if you're watching this in three weeks when it eventually gets posted online. Cause Father God, I'm a sinner. I'm broken. Do you feel that way? But I know you are there, and I know you love me, and I know you sacrificed your son for me. Do you know that? And I accept that sacrifice and I commit my life to you. I want to walk your path. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for these people that you've brought to lift me up. Thank you for their love of you to bring me joy, to lift my spirit. Father God, we're broken. Father God, we're scared. Father God, we feel so small, so helpless, so powerless. Father God, we feel so dirty. But you are powerful. You are bigger than all of it. Father God, you can carry our weight. Father God, thank you for offering us the trade. Help us to be meek. Help us to get out of your way. Help us to relinquish control because you are better at it than we are. Help us to use our talents to glorify you, but never to try to use our talents to fix it. Help us to be willing to do your work. But help us to do your work. Father God, we need you. Father God, we love you. Amen.